Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 4, Episode 28, as the Sunday without the Rangers playing doesn't go exactly the way the Rangers want with the New Jersey Devils and the Pittsburgh Penguins getting a three possible points in this game, uh, the Devils winning it, unfortunately. So here we are. It's Sunday. The New York Rangers barely play anymore, uh, except for tonight against the Florida Panthers. We're going to have some consistency this week with the New York Rangers hockey. We have three games, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I'm pumped because I don't know about you, Andy. Before we get before we get into how are you doing, all I have to say is I'm actually pumped. And I'm going to be positive this podcast because I know it's easy to be very negative after a 3-1 loss to the Boston Bruins, but I'm positive. And I'm going to force Andy today to be the negative one. So, Andy, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. I'm intrigued by your your premise. And uh, hearing you say that, my first uh, reaction is, who are you and what have you done with my co-host? But, uh, yeah, I mean, the Rangers have a little lull here in their season. So I think it was a good time for us to take stock, especially that it's almost kind of, it's not quite the halfway point, but it's, it feels it's kind of, we're getting close to there, right? How many games have they played? so far uh, total total games the rangers have played 46 oh so it is it is over we're beyond the halfway point yeah uh, yeah yeah we're on the the other side of it yeah but but we're still it's, we're close cl- pretty close to the middle so this was a good as place as any to take stock of the team especially with probably i don't know when they're going to get this many games off again but um they make the most of it with a few practices one of which is in front of their uh, fans at the garden which everyone and their mother went to. Um, I had multiple, and it was free, so I had multiple people asking me if I wanted to go, and just unfortunately, scheduling-wise, didn't work out. But uh, it was well-attended, and it looked like a really fun atmosphere. And as we look at the New York Rangers today, they are still in a playoff spot. Even in the tight division they're in, it, I think you're starting to see that maybe barring a late push from the Florida Panthers, I think you're almost looking knock on wood at what the playoff picture is going to look like in the East. Um, but again, you, you say that and then 
the Rangers in their their second half here could just go on a uh, just a massive disappointing streak and fall out of it after doing their damnedest to get back into it early in the season, you know. But um, I guess a good thing to say about this team is that for all the the flaws and the tweaking and the constantly searching and the underperforming, they sit third in the Metropolitan Division, which I think is also a testament to maybe just their baseline talent, which is what makes them so frustrating, but also uh, their ceiling so high, which is, yeah, like I just said, frustrating because at the peak of their powers, they can be absolutely great. Um, And even when things aren't working, they do have some big uh, guns that can step up like Adam Fox or Igor. But yeah, again, uh, it's frustrating, but uh, I'm willing and ready to hear why you were so positive this evening, James. Well, I'm positive for a couple reasons. Number one, I'm positive because I watched that Boston Bruin game, and I was actually pleased with how the Rangers lost. And I know I could just spin this and be like, it was pathetic performance. They could not score. They didn't score on the power play. But I'm not going to go down that road because there was a couple positives. The first positive from that Boston Bruins game is that they went, they killed off four of the Boston Bruins power plays, which is exactly what you need to do in order to beat teams like that. Unfortunately, they did not score on any of their special teams opportunities, meaning three power plays, and they go 0 for 3. And I did say that that was probably going to be the difference maker in the game. If you're not going to be able to score a power play goal against the Boston Bruins, you're not going to beat them. But the New York Rangers, they got shots. Panarin got shots on goal. You know, uh, Kreider, he got shots on goal. We were pressing them. I thought we at times dominated them. And, you know, it's one of those things where you're not going to dominate the Boston Bruins for 60 minutes, but you got to be able to fight. You got to be competitive. You got to have your opportunities too. The Rangers just didn't score. And if that's all I'm going to say about this team is that we cannot score, well, then we're going to be all right. Because, you know, I feel like this has been the narrative for the New York Rangers for a very, very long time is that we just get snake bitten and cannot score when it matters. I'll take it. I'll take it. It could have been much worse. We could have gotten totally outplayed. We didn't have a stinker of a game by any means. Their players rose to the occasion and found ways to get goals, and we didn't. And we had opportunities. We just didn't capitalize on them. And it's just that simple. You know, we needed a power play goal. Boston doesn't need to score in the power play, which is why they're the best team in the NHL. We just missed opportunities. But it was a 3-1 game against a team who's 36-5-4. and And I felt like we could have won that game. And that's why I'm positive. You know, we didn't get blown out of the building. I thought the first game against Boston, Andy, I thought we played a good first period, and then we shit the bed. For the New York Rangers, we weathered the storm. You know, Zaka got a quick one, but, you know, we kind of kept it even. You know, Bergeron then got a goal in the second period that we, I felt like, dominated at times. You know, and then they get the third one, which is right off the bat in the third period, which is an awful goal to give up. But this is the Boston Bruins. You're at that point, the game's already over. Going into the third period, you're already down by two goals. The game's already over. You throw the third period out, you know, and then Ben Harper gets his first NHL goal. I don't know. I just felt like out of all the losses the Rangers could have had, this 
one actually kind of made me feel good because I felt like we were right there with the best team in the NHL. And I, I feel like it's not even close. And if we can hang with them and show signs of life and show signs of dominance and pressure, you know, drawing penalties, getting those opportunities. I don't know, Andy, call me crazy. Call me, you know, you know, call me nuts. But I feel like out of the losses that the Rangers had, this is probably one of the better ones against, you know, the best team in the NHL. Yeah, I mean, I, I think my thoughts on that game pretty much echo yours. I thought it it didn't seem like it was a a huge disparity in carrying the play. I thought the Rangers actually, you know, and you can maybe say score effects has something to do with it, but you know, Boston was clearly the better team in the first. The Rangers were probably the better team in the second. And obviously they're pushing most of the third, but Boston didn't stop coming. And I will say this, uh, I think the maturity clearly is a lot of the difference. I think you hope that when the Rangers younger players are older, they can, I think Boston just does everything so fundamentally well. I think they have a better system. (laughs) They play a little bit more of a system progressive style hockey. Everyone is good with their sticks. Everyone is heavy in their board battles. They have some good skaters on that team. They have some big bodies. They're just, they're almost like a perfectly constructed team. And uh, if that wasn't it, unlike I think even last year with the, when everyone knew that, that the avalanche were basically going to, they had the cup was theirs and it was just about who could take it away from them. The one thing about them is you were like, well, the goaltending might be a little sus. And it was at times it wasn't the best, but it was more than enough to get done. Well, Boston also has elite goaltending. <laughs> you know what I mean? That game, honestly, even if Boston, because at the end, the end of the day, if Boston should have won it, it should have, they, they should have won by one goal. The Rangers could have easily had on any other goalie in the league, any other, and maybe even Swayman on any other night, they would have probably had two or three goals, but um, he was unbelievable that game, you know? So, uh, but the Rangers made mistakes and Boston didn't make a single mistake, you know? The, I would say, you know, the, I, the only goal they gave up, the, the Harper goal wasn't a mistake. It was just, you know, a point shot that happened to get through. But uh, yeah, the Rangers, you know, in the third period, they're down and they're looking and they, they fuck up, <laughs> you know, they make a dumb, ill-advised pass. I think, um, I forget who it was. I think it was, um, someone's trying to get, it was a Panarin. I forget who it was. They're trying to <laughs> just coming off of a penalty, just trying to force, or it's true. I forget who it is, but it's probably true, but that, that sounds about right. But Boston doesn't make mistakes, but that being said, it was, a, it felt like a pretty even game. The sto- the score did not feel indicative of like, that Boston was absolutely creaming the Rangers. But that being said, the areas in which I did see that there is a difference in these teams, it was just the the attention to details that Boston had. The fact that they could blindly sling passes and someone would be ready to skate into it. And that just shows me that they just have comfortability with their system. They know what their assignments is. They know when they're supposed to go. They know when they're supposed to hold back. They know when they're supposed to clog up. They just know. And I just think, the Rangers, this Rangers team, even though you know they've, this is their second year with Gallant, and even though Boston has a new head coach, you know, coming off of uh, uh, the swap, you know, with now having who uh, 
it's Montgomery, right? It's Boston's coach. Yeah, yeah. You know, from Cassie to Montgomery, but it seems they don't play much different than they used to. It's just, I think they've, you know, they get Krejci back, which has been absolutely huge for them. They obviously have Taylor Hall, who no longer has to pretend to be a superstar. He can just play a, like a high-scoring support. But he's putting up excellent numbers. So they're just a heavy, well-balanced, well-constructed team. So, And, you know, getting Hampus Lindholm was a was a coup for them. He's amazing. He's also amazing for my fantasy. Thank you very much. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you hope that the Rangers look at that and understand why it played out the way it did. and. You know, you can say it was goaltending, but this, it's also it was just, you know, they were just more attentive to their details and the Rangers made some dumb mistakes, which is, you know, which is heartening because those can be fixed. It's not a it's not like they try their best and and just wasn't good enough. It was just, you know, it's a heartening sign. But at the same time, I think there is a there is a clear reason why the Bruins are the class of the NHL just because and why you could see why they have the insane record they have. Because they just know what to do in every situation. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's frustrating. But at the same time, it's like you said, it's actually can be a heartening sign if you're the New York Rangers. Yeah. And they do. Like you said, they do everything well. And I thought the Rangers were able to stick around this game. And, you know, you never felt like it was truly over. You know, in the second period, they kept you in it. You know, they did. They did get shots. They did, you know, draw penalties. And that's what you're going to have to do against teams like this. Now, whether any team in the NHL can do that for seven games against the Boston Bruins, it'll, it'll be tough. I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily pick them to just to win the Stanley Cup. I don't f- have the same feeling I had uh, about the Avalanche that I do for the Bruins this year. Excuse me. And, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like for the New York Rangers moving forward, you got that game under your belt. Um, you had some time off here this month. The schedule, I think, probably worked against them uh, rather than help them with just like how wonky the schedule was. I mean, like the, the Rangers played back to back against the Canadians and the Blue Jackets, had a couple days off, you know, uh, had, you know, two days off before those two games and then those two games, two days off. And then you had to play Boston at home. I don't know. I just felt like that, you know, it's a lot of time off. And, you know, now they had three days off and they play the Florida Panthers today, tonight because you're listening to this on Monday, but you know, yeah, I just, I feel like the schedule is not doing them any justice. Uh, you know, the New York Rangers are probably best when they're playing every other night, which we'll see this week. And, and, you know, hopefully the Rangers could look at that Boston Bruin game and say, listen, can we beat that team? Absolutely. You know, what we need to do here is get to a level and get to a style in which we can be consistently good for the rest of the season. And I don't want to see the up and down play. I don't want to see the inconsistencies in the offense that we see now. We need some of our guys to get red hot and carry us to the promised land, get us into the playoffs. And, you know, I think it's important for the Rangers to, you know, try to get that home ice advantage and, you know, and and overtake the devils for that second spot. But listen, there's, there's nothing guaranteed in the playoffs i don't care if you're boston i don't care if you're the washington capitals as the second wild card there's no guarantee upsets happen shit happens injuries happen momentum happens goaltending gets hot shit happens so the goal right now is just to get to the playoffs but going into that i do want to see consistency 
I do want to see, you know, our players start playing in the roles that they're meant to be played in. Like, you know, Panera needs to be red hot. He needs to play like an $11 million player. You know, Zibanejad needs to get hot again. You know, these guys need to start putting the puck in the net. And I'm hoping that Boston game, they looked in the mirror and said, listen, we can hang with this fucking team. And this is, this is the team to beat. This is the, you know, projected Stanley Cup champion. So if we can compete with them, we can, you know, we can beat anybody. And it starts, you know, tonight, you know, against the Florida Panthers. And then Wednesday against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And Friday, my birthday, against the Vegas Golden Knights. So, you know, these are three, you know, well, maybe not Florida, but three, you know, two of the three team are playoff teams. One is a team that you're directly competing for to get into the playoffs. So this is a huge test this week, Andy. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll say this. This the last three games before the All-Star break. What, what are your expectations going into this week against this competition? Well, I think the tough thing is that the Rangers have beaten all these teams this season, their first three meetings. So I don't know if the law of averages is on their side. I, also, three teams that might be looking for revenge for, based on the way uh, their last meetings played out. The Rangers have also been better on the road than they have at home, and two of these games are at home. So uh, that's tough. Uh, Halak start, apparently is starting tomorrow versus the Panthers. He was the first goalie off uh, today at practice. So he's been good in his last few games. Uh, and I assume he played against them. He played against them when they were in Miami, right? Or excuse me, uh, Sunrise, whatever the fuck that arena is. I want to say he did, yes. And he was great. Halak has been very good in his last few starts. And what, he's got five wins in a row? Yeah, um, no, he's been playing very, very well. So, yeah, I'm... So, you know, obviously, I think the Rangers are a better team than the Panthers this season. I think anyone eyes with can see that. Um, not that the Panthers aren't dangerous, mind you, because they are. But it's just there's I still think there is a clear divide. So that's a game you have to win because the other two, I think, are a toss up. If I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely serious, like if they win one out of the three, I won't be happy, but I won't be surprised if that makes any sense. But I mean, I'm basically. Uh, obviously, you would love you want to get uh, six out of six points. I don't think they're going to do that. Um, I would love to get somehow get. I mean, if I get if you get four points out of this, I think I'd be happy. If whether that's uh, even if that's like a win and two overtime losses or shootout losses, wherever it is. Um, I just I want four points out of the six. I I don't think that's. You know, I say that I want the six, but I, I think being reasonable, I want four points. I don't care what, what shape. Uh, none of these, you know, I, I, the Maple Leafs are, I think they have their spot in the Atlantic locked up. Uh, and, you know, you know, maybe the one team you hope they get a win against is the Panthers because that is a team that could potentially somehow, if they get hot, usurp them. If they get to, or, you know, if the Rangers happen to fall into wild card position for whatever reason, if another team in the Metro overtakes them, you know what I mean? So that's how my brain's working on this one. But, uh, yeah, I think to your point, it's that it's time to just become more consistent. You know what I mean? Uh, but as of today, we're still playing line blender. The kid lines back, Panarin's back with Zabanjad and Kreider, uh, the team is giving Lysician a, a, a 
more extended look. Sammy Blay is probably going to be a scratch again. Uh, they send Brodzinski back down to the AHL. Um, he scored today back with Hartford as we reported this on Sunday. So, uh, yeah. So it's, they clearly still haven't figured out the consistency. But that being said, to my point early when we started this podcast, is that the frustrating but also the promising thing about this team is that for all their trouble finding consistency this season, they're still can operate at a high level kind of when things aren't working. And I think that is a strength of Gerard Gallant's coaching style, even though it drives fans and us crazy is that he would love to live in this world where he can throw any combination of anyone over the boards and it works somehow. You know what I mean? So uh, you would love for them to find some consistency. You would love for, uh, it'll be interesting to see the second line now, which, which I, I believe is crafts uh, off with uh, Trocheck and um, VC, how that line looks now that Panarin is separated from Trocheck. Cause I just think at this point, it's just not, you could see they just don't have chemistry, you know, um, which, yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, it's obviously, well, I, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, well, I, not to just interrupt you, but I, I do feel like, you know what? There's inconsistency with this offense all up and down the lineup from the first line, obviously, you know, down to the fourth line, not that the fourth line really needs to be consistent, but you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and you know, what? I don't know why, why does Panarin automatically have to play second line? Like when I was playing first line, <laughs> right? Yeah. I know. But like, do, is there a reason why, like, like, I just feel like when you look at the Rangers roster, everyone just automatically assumes Panarin is the second line winger because Kreider uh, is playing first line. Like it, it just shouldn't be like that. And no, like I, I, I said this multiple times, move Kreider to the right wing. The guy, it's not like he does anything special on the left side. He, he barely does anything. Yeah, so, well, yeah, keep going. No, move him. Like, like I said, he should have been moved to the right side a long time ago to give the right side a little bit more strength because, you know, obviously we're hurting. He doesn't like to play crafts off consistently. So it just made more sense to have, you know, Kreider on the right side. Now, can you tell me what the line combinations are? Cause I don't know a hundred percent what, what, especially the bottom six, what they're looking like. Yeah. So, uh, let's see. I just want to see it. Cause I saw him from the open practice. Um, everything is the same at today's practice. Hold on. I got to find the lines again. Yada, da, 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 da. All right, here you go. Panarin on the left, on the first line, Panarin's Zabanjad Kreider moving to right wing. Oh, wow. It's almost like v I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. VC, uh, Trocek Goodrow on the second line. The kid line is back. And then, uh, you have Kratz, uh, Kravtsov, uh, and, uh, Gautier as the fourth. Blay is subbing in and out, but it's looking like he's going to be the odd man out. He'll be the scratch. Um, so, yeah, I mean, kid line's back. Uh, Panarin goes up. Kreider goes to the other side. And based uh, Gallant, at today's practice from, uh, I almost said Tarrytown, but is that where it's still It's in Tarrytown, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, basically said, uh, Gallant said, this is courtesy of our buddy Vince Mercaliano on Twitter, 
Gallant said he let uh, Kreider and Panarin decide who would move to right wing. Kreider likes left wing, but I can see him coming down that right side with some speed on your off wing. When you get the puck in the middle of the ice, he can duck that shoulder down and beat a defenseman wide, which is true. And also, Kreider has scored some beautiful goals coming down that left wing. Uh, Excuse me, the right wing. uh, Just when naturally crossing over sometimes on the ice. I've seen him blow a few pucks uh, past goaltenders going down that side in the past few years. He just, you know, he's a left winger, so he doesn't get that chance very often. So that would be my my message for him, because I think if even if he misses the net, Panarin likes to kind of hang out near the left, uh, you know, the left wall. So he should hopefully be there to at least if it, you know, whatever, uh, get to it first and do something else with it. You know what I mean? But uh he also said this about uh, Sammy Blay today, which is kind of interesting. Uh, Gallant said this about Blay being scratch. It's been real hard. Things haven't gone the way he wanted for us or for Sammy. He's sitting there with no goals, and I think five assists. He's played some okay hockey times, and other times it looks like he's a step behind. So I don't know if the intimation there is he's still hurt and whatever, but yeah, listen, there's a, you know, that's, I'm not even, that's, that's a whole podcast unto itself. You and I, both have the same thoughts on it. Everyone else does on it. It's clearly, it's an upsetting situation. The trade makes a trade look even worse. Uh, And you don't know. The guy got hurt though. But that's the thing. It's just, it's not, it's not, it's not even worth. It's like, this is the reality we're in after the guy got hurt. It's not like, it's not a a Lafreniere situation where you're looking at the, the player and being like, why aren't you better? You know what I mean? It's like, well, we know what happened. It's, and it's a shame, you know, but. It's just, it's a tough situation. They say it could take up to a year or sometimes longer to come back fully from those things because he looked for a guy his size before he got hurt. He, he looked pretty as dynamic as a big guy could be with the Rangers. You know, some of the plays he was making early on last season before getting hurt. Yeah, Um, no, I I agree. And and listen, it's, that's why the Rangers signed him to a one-year deal. That's why he took the one-year deal. It was a question mark going into the season. And it, it failed. I mean, the experiment failed with Blay. And it's not, for me, forget about the trade. The trade was thrown out the window as soon as he hurt himself. Yeah. Because at that point, you don't know what, what the player will do. You don't know how, every body's different. So, you know, it, it's nothing against the guy. It's just he hasn't healed 100%. Or unfortunately <sighs> for him, this injury has left him a step behind in a game where he needs to be quicker because he doesn't have the skill level to compete at a, you know, w- with a slower pace to his game. So yeah, it's, it's unfortunate, but that's just the rea- reality of it. And at least the Rangers see it and they're not, you know, you know, they're being proactive about it, you know, you know, sitting him obviously is a smart thing to do because he's not helping us when he's in the lineup. I don't know. No, yeah, I, absolutely. Not to be mean about it, but that's just no, no, thing. but yeah, it's just the, the reality that we're in, you know? So I, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's unfortunate. It just stinks, but. And I like you know, play. I, I was yeah. one of those guys that was applauding the trade for getting a guy like that. I, I thought he was great when he was healthy and then he got hurt. And that was, that was that. I mean, you can't, you know. No, yeah. Know. Yeah. It's, uh, it's unfortunate, but uh, yeah, I, I, unfortunately it's looking like, this is probably going to be it for Sammy as a ranger and, you know, whatever. We'll see what happens to his career after this. But, uh, yeah, and I don't know. All those stranger things have happened. Who knows? Maybe the Rangers do get uh, some injuries down the way here and he comes in and he actually it's finally, finally starts working. But 
Yeah, unfortunately, I wouldn't hold my breath, but yeah, it's just unfortunate. The NFL playoff action continues. We're one step closer to Super Bowl 57, and for the NFL divisional round, check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can bet up to $5 on the NFL Divisional Round and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. It's a very short, limited sample size, but what are your early thoughts on Lasician for the Rangers? Listen, I hate I hate being the guy that makes, you know, I, I hate being the guy that makes like a, an opinion on a kid so early because you can't. It's hard because the grind yeah. of the NHL season, you don't really know what you truly have in a player until he he's in the grind and right now everything is fresh for him uh you know he he's being sheltered with his playing time but yeah he's barely he, played let's, he, let's yeah but i feel that. like i do think that listen he's not going to be like the next star of the new york rangers or anything but he's making the most i think out of out of his opportunity right now and that's good to see but uh you know you know what are your thoughts because i i, I knew nothing about this player going going into this you know obviously you, you said you know he came from the Knights, so I just I had no idea what kind of player he was so it's nice to see actually him you know kind of take advantage of the second opportunity that he's gotten yeah I mean again it's it's hard so hard to make a formulate opinion off of such a literally little playing time and only two games but uh you know I I see a fourth line guy who comes into a new team and has some good jump for his first two games because it's a new change of scenery and it's a, you want to impress your, so that's really it. Didn't see anything eye popping. Didn't see anything uh, that at least told me red flag, red flag, red flag. This guy stinks, you know? Uh, But yeah, I don't know. It's early returns. Looks like he's a, he looks like a fourth liner. He, he, you know, tries to get get in heavy and get shots on goal and play cycle, give and go hockey that fourth liners do. That's really it. So, uh, I thought his skate. I had heard his skating was bad, so I was a little worried, but it didn't seem bad to me. He seemed relatively fleet of foot. You know, yeah, not a burner no. by any means, but he seemed to get in on the forecheck quickly, like most fourth liners do. And I don't know if that's him literally working his bag off or. Who knows? But um, yeah, he just he, they're there, and and obviously he's uh, he's not a small guy, but you know he's five eleven, which is was isn't huge, but uh, he has reasonable jam. But again, he's you know one hundred like ninety five pounds or whatever. But he's a you know he's a fourth liner at this point in the, in time. But again, because he had an awesome season in the AHL, there and he's uh, he's twenty three years old. There's some hope that there's a little bit more there that he's. Uh, hopefully at least uh you know a good fourth liner who could potentially even become a third liner in the nhl but you know i'm not going to hold my breath on that but you know he he looked like a fourth liner and in this league 
if you have a con- if you have a dime a dozen fourth liner on your fourth line, that's fine. So does everyone else, you know, unless you're some of the best teams in the league that actually have some like if you're the Islanders having Casey Sezikis who plays on the fourth line for forever, but he's actually a third line talent, you know. It's so, yeah. Yeah, no, and and you know, again, there's a fire lit up under his ass right now because he was, you know, kind of released by the, the Knights and picked up by the Rangers. So this is kind of his second opportunity to, you know, to make something of himself. You know, 23 is young, but it's also not young when you're looking at what you have out of draft pick. So um, we'll see. We'll see what it, you know, what he looks like. You know, a month from now, if he's still in the lineup or you know if he's kind of you know fizzled himself and played himself out of here so um you know i i think yeah i think for the new york rangers andy the the one i think the one question i think and i don't think this is like a bad thing but what are your thoughts about the new york rangers kind of relying on their defense to pick up the offensive pieces in many games you know do you do you think this is like Obviously, I don't think it's sustainable, but if this is the Rangers' identity, where do you think we go from here? Because, unfortunately, I, I don't think we're going to win a playoff round with just the you know expectation of you know a Fox or a Miller or a Truba, you know, to put the puck in the net and generate the offense through you know shots and and, and screens and stuff. So, um, yeah. I really want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I like it. If I'm being honest, I think. Although maybe you don't want it to be the whole crux of your team, I think one of the Rangers' biggest strengths is, I believe, they're one again, once again, much like last year, they're what they get, they get some of the most points from their back end more than almost any other team in the league. I think they're second in, in defenseman scoring in the league right now, I believe, in terms of total points. I could be wrong on that, but I thought that's what the case was. Um, listen, they're as long as they can make sure they're not their forwards can fill in for them defensively and make sure if a, a D-man decides to activate. I mean, when you look at fo- the plays Fox can make when he goes up the ice or the plays that uh, Keandre can make, and hell, even when Truba brings a puck to the net, I think that's the, the funniest thing about Truba is that because he's a big guy who's physical, everyone's like, stay at home rock, Jacob Truba, for years. But when in the truth is Truba has been is an offensive defenseman like or has been for years you know he ran the power play in uh he was right the point man on the power play for Winnipeg for a couple seasons you know I mean like and he shoots the puck and he gets pucks through but he's you know he's just he's been cast as like oh this big stay-at-home rock which is probably I would argue he's not good at (laughs) you know what I mean but I think the Rangers the chaos they cause, especially when it's hard to the way how well some teams defend, but the fact that I you see the Rangers actually catch teams a lot with their defensemen in the rush more so than when they're forwards in the rush because it's you know based on how teams are defending and gapping up and covering covering their assignments. But when a a D man quickly activates and a team's either changing or trying to switch coverage, it creates some uh, a little bit of disarray, and then you can find a trailer usually. So. I like it, uh, but obviously, to what my point was earlier, it cannot be your whole one gimmick. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're, that's not success. You you want that along with some sustainable uh, offense from your and scoring from depth from your uh, your forward lines. But 
it's certainly a nice feather to have in your cap. I will say that it is. Uh, I'm glad the Rangers at least have some offensive skill in the back end, and it's only improving as players like Braden Schneider come find their scoring touch more and more. You know, so and even guys like maybe Lindgren who aren't the best, but still aren't afraid to wheel around with the puck a little bit. I think they just need to get a little bit smarter about their shot selection and what they're trying to do with it. Cause it's with Lindgren, it seems to be the same thing all the time. He's, he takes the bucks, uh, the puck up the boards and he tries to, he fakes a shot and then he kind of keeps going and then he's trying to get it back to the crease. But I almost rather just take, take a shot from the boards. I don't care if it's clearly not going to go in. Maybe it's, it just hits the goalie in the chest and then goes, uh, right into the, you know, bumps into the slot. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad the it's an element the Rangers have their game because some teams just are totally devoid of it, uh, and it, they clearly have had success with it. But at the same time, you know you can't make that your whole gimmick. So uh, you would obviously like to see everyone pulling the rope a little bit more. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree. It's funny your negativity is more positive than my positivity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, that's, yeah, that's about right. Yeah, I, I listen, I agree with you. I don't know if the shot selection or just, you know, snake bitten or just, you know, just not an offensive guy. I mean, is probably the answer, really. But yeah, no, I, no it's just I think overall, the New York Rangers are all the shot. It's like they're always just one step behind with everything they do. So I, it's like you can't even like you can't even pinpoint any of the New York Rangers problem for any specific player because. They're all guilty to it to a certain extent. So, um, but I to comment really on like the defense. I do like this element that we have in a group that's not afraid to step up and be offensive. And you know, I I did leave Lindgren out of that, but Lindgren, you know, again, it does all the little things. And you know, it's not always pretty what these guys do, but they just get shots to the net. And you know, we just gotta you know be able to get rebounds and you know be able to you know, create off that first shot, you know, get the puck back and create another shot and another opportunity. It can't be one and done hockey because you're never going to score goals that way. New York Rangers got to be, you know, persistent, you know, shots to the net, getting rebounds, you know, getting loose pucks when they squirt out into the corners. And, you know, I, I think the fact that the New York Rangers can, you know, have their, you know, defensemen activate, it should help them in that area. But right now it just seems, that you know, offensively, where our offense, it's uh, has no effect on them. Whereas our defense, you know, they're racking up points left and right. I think we're number one in the NHL right now in terms of defensive points. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Do you have anything else? Yeah, I, I do. There's a few things more okay, around the league I wanted to talk about. Um, the Canucks finally fire yep. uh, Bruce Boudreaux. I mean, what a what a fucking shit show. That's been um, pretty embarrassing, honestly, for the Canucks organization. I mean, it, this has been the obvious move for weeks now, right? You know, and instead they're letting Boudreaux just until today, a, a Sunday when we record this, just answering the same dumb questions over and over again about why are you still here? Why have they fired you yet? You know, and just it's torture. You know what I mean? And, 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 you know, for a guy like that, who's such a universally beloved coach uh, and has been in the game a long time and yeah, it's unfair. So I don't know why they had, were holding off, but they finally do uh, let him go and they hire Rick Tockett. And 
I don't suspect we'll see much of a change, but if they, hell, if you do, they'll be very interesting. You know what I mean? But, uh, you know, I don't know, James, what do you, what do you think about this whole uh, situation? And do you think Tockett will have some, uh, some immediate returns for the Canucks? Uh, I, I think he will. I feel like in, just in general, you always see a, a, a bump in play from the players because at that, at this point, you know, you feel like if you're one of those players on that team, you got to feel that management has taken away an element of the team that you can't use as an excuse. You know, it's like, all right, we got rid of the coach. So we're next, you know, we're, we're now the microscope is on us. You know, the magnifying glass is on us and our play and whether or not we're going to, you know, bring it every single night. I, I mean, I might be not my minority here and thinking, does anybody else, Andy, just think that the Vancouver Canucks roster just isn't that good? I mean, that's what I think. I think I, I mean, who like, doesn't the, think that is kidding themselves. Right. And I just feel like, I feel like there's still people out there that think like, you know, they're built to make the playoffs. Even in the West, I don't think they're a playoff team. So I, I don't know what more you kind of want out of this team. So, I mean, listen, I understand changing the coach. Maybe you get a bump in play. But overall, I think this is it, what you have out of this team. I mean, you, you just you put money into the wrong players. And, you know, the a couple players that you do have are not able to carry the load every single night. So, you know, Quinn Hughes can't, you know, can't be, you know, putting up three points every single night. You just don't, you don't have that type of roster. So, yeah, I, I think it's just, you know. I don't know what this team does. I don't know what they have in terms of prospects or draft picks, but uh, the Canucks are going to have to look to shed some of these, you know, players and, uh, you know, kind of do it like a mini rebuild here because I mean, can you imagine if they just did what they were supposed to do and trade Miller last year? They'd already yeah, been well they, on their way. They would have got a haul for him. Yeah. I mean, but they, they, they re-signed him, and, you know, and, and I, you can say the same thing like even about the Sharks when they re-signed what Hurdle, right? Yeah. Is, was it Hurdle that the, I think they re-signed to yeah. all those and years? Now, and now they're going to be shopping Timo Meyer. Yeah, now they're shopping Timo Meyer. It's like, well, why not shop everybody and just bite the bull? Like, I, I, I'm so surprised that these teams are so worried about being really bad, especially when... I don't know. I don't... Anyone who, this year. I was going to... Yeah, that's the biggest thing is that anyone who watched the World Juniors this year, literally, you know... I, I, and especially the Sharks, we, you know, Eric Carlson's be having a pretty productive season for them. The longer he's around, the more middling they're going to be because it, it's not a, he's the only reason they're a somewhat in the mix ish type team is because of him. Then he's having an unreal season. Right. Uh, yeah. It's just, it, it it's, if I, yeah. If, if I'm any team, you know, if, you know, if I'm any team uh, that is in the running for Bedard, I'm I'm going about it full force. And if I don't get him, I said, well, at least I tried. I had you had to try because you know it's you know I, I mean even as it stands with Eric Carlson having an amazing season, the Sharks have 37 points and they're you know <laughs> over 23 points out of a playoff or 20 points out of a playoff spot. It's like <sighs> yeah, it's just. You're clearly not getting in, so what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? So, uh, but, well, listen, we'll see if uh, 
if Mike Greer, um, if he's able to move Meyer, if he's able to move Carlson, because uh, honestly, you could probably get a haul for Carlson the way he's playing this year. You know, so I just I know the this the contract is scary, but the the contract that, is scary. I, I that might be a, I, that might be a that might be a, a, a second team, uh, you know, launder his contract type deal. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Just yeah. I I don't know. Yeah. I I just. But you're right. Yeah. I mean, at the, at this point, like wh- like what are you doing? Like why do you want to be? Why are you trying to fight to be middle of the pack right now? It pays to be bad. You're potentially getting a kid that will change your organization for the next, hopefully, 20 years. So I don't know. It's just mind-numbing to me. And the fact that like you have scouts that should have been looking in advance that this kid was coming this year, so let's be bad this year and next year. like. I'd be setting myself up to be bad for the next couple of years, you know, selling everything, get every single possible draft pick and trading to teams that you think are in the middle of the pack to maybe get first rounders for your top players. Because just because you send them the top player doesn't mean always guarantee that they're going to be a playoff team. They might end up in that lot up. So, you know, for me, getting as many first round picks is, is crucial. So, and, you know, I, I don't know what some of these teams are going to be. I don't know what they're going to do. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like I did have something, but I can't remember. Was it the, uh, let me see. Was it the all-star jerseys? Oh, what? well, no, it wasn't that, but we can, we, do you want to talk about that? Or do you want to save that before going to the all-star game? Yeah, we'll save it for the all-star okay. game. I okay. mean. You know, I think most people can probably understand us Ranger fans, what our feelings are on these jerseys. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, we'll, we can save that for closer to the All-Star game. Yeah, I mean, other than that, though, I'm pretty... There was one thing, but I totally forgot it, but... Um, <laughs> Must not have been that important. No, no, no. It had something to do with around a team in the league. Uh, but I forget. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Andy. So it's all right. Uh, that's the way that's the way it if goes. you have nothing. I got nothing. And you can s- send us on our way. Uh, yeah. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. Uh, I hope you are all enjoying uh, the NFL playoffs. Um, I hope that it's going to finally start. We've been pretty lucky with the warmth uh, here in January well relative warmth to what it usually feels like although it's to say lucky might mean i am that's more woeful ignorance of the effects of global warming and all that other stuff but it looks like it might start getting cold here in the next few weeks so or truly cold the january cold which we were lucky enough to skirt around for a little bit but uh yeah again thank you so much for listening and we shall talk to you all on thursday's pod so later Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet.
New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.